This episode is brought to you by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's why you might want to check out State Farm Small Business Insurance. Why? Because State Farm agents are small business owners too, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Wow, that guy means business. Just an amazing player. No, not him, the sports photographer behind him. Uh, what? He has a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where he earns 5% annual percentage yield, so he's scoring big on and off the field. You might even say he's the MVB. MVB? Be? The most valuable business. Making your money work harder. That's how you business differently. Intuit QuickBooks. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes are in APY. APY can change at any time. Welcome to Recode Media, to a very special edition of Recode Media, in which I interview my boss and also my new boss. Welcome, Jim Bankoff, Pam Wasserstein. So great to be guys? here at the Vox Media Headquarters, Peter. I know this is very exciting. I'm a longtime listener, first-time guest, um, and it's great to be here for this momentous occasion with you and Pam. I am also very You're happy also to be psyched. here. <laughs> Jim, you've, you've listened to this podcast a long time. You've been in media a long time. Do you think it's a good idea to interview your boss uh, in, a, in a public forum? It depends on your boss, and it depends on the questions. Okay, um, let's yeah. see how this goes. Um, <laughs> If you're listening to this podcast, you know why we're having a conversation. But for the record, what happened last night? Vox Media and New York Media announced that we were merging our companies to create the really preeminent modern media company. Uh, and we couldn't be more excited. It's just a really natural fit as far as business combinations go. We come from the same place in terms of our values, the, the key value being a commitment to quality editorial journalism, service journalism, community, online communities, um, entertainment products. We do it across all the platforms, as they say, ranging from a gr one of the best print magazines in the world to television shows to massive websites reaching hundreds of millions of people to all the socials to everything else that you would expect from a modern media company doing it at scale. And now we can do it with even uh, more power and potency. Um, Diversified business models, uh, New York media brings a lot to the table, uh, whether it's their successful commerce affiliate strategies or their successful subscription strategies. And the other thing they bring to the table, in addition to the editorial excellence and the business excellence, is um, a culture that uh, values employees, values and respects their audience and their business partners. And that culture is led by Pam, and, and that's the other great piece of this, is that um, she will be joining our team, she'll be joining our board, she'll be uh, the president of Vox Media, and we couldn't be more excited. Pam's just nodding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, so exactly same feelings on my part. Um, I'm really thrilled about this vision of what a leading company in this industry can look like. So Pam, you 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 started running New York Media relatively recently, a few years ago. Yeah, it's been a little more than three years. Yeah, you've been sort of doing this listening tour, figuring out who's who, what's what, plotting a strategy, putting out a paywall. Um, you guys had maybe been for sale last year. You hired a bank. We had some conversations. Mostly, uh, we hired a bank because we were responding to some incoming interest. Yeah. But 
you know, I think it's important to understand what's happening in the market and look at, we were looking at some acquisitions, we look at a variety of strategic possibilities, but ultimately, at that time last year, we're most excited about continuing on our independent path. So what, what changed? So a year ago, you're like, nah, we're not going to sell. Now you're selling. We're merging. <laughs> um, <laughs> the thing that changed was this possibility, really. We uh, have had a really nice growth year um, over the last 12 months in particular and feel good about where our organic business was heading. So only a combination like this would be the kind of help us get to the best version of um, what our potential is faster and um, in a really exciting way. So that was what happened. It was opportunistic. And I read, I think, in the New York Times yesterday, this this deal started at the Code Conference. Yes, you may have heard of it. Um, <laughs> it was warm, I, I remember. <laughs> it, was, I it, was, it, was, it was hot outside and hot inside. <laughs> uh, hot with deal activity, apparently. Now, we, we've been friends for a long time. And, and on the notion of, uh, just I'll get to the origin story in a second, but one, one you know, as we're talking about New York media and Pam, um, since this is a media podcast with a lot of media nerds listening, um, I'm sure many of you have either written or read uh, stories of executives who have turned around or or managed the transition from print to digital or to multi-platform, as they say. And, um, you know, and there are some great stories. Probably the most untold and underappreciated story is the story of how Pam and her team have done that at New York Media. So if no one else is going to tell that story, I'm going to tell that story, <laughs> Pam. Um, That's very kind. <laughs> I, I don't actually feel un underappreciated, but... Um, um, yeah, I, I, you, I, you don't seek the spotlight, <clears throat> I know, but um, you certainly deserve the attention because you've, you've built a great business. Um, and so congratulations on that. But we've been friends for, um, for several years just through industry connections. We see each other at the Code Conference. We see each other at Code Media, and we'll be seeing each other at Code Media in November uh, again. Um, Good plug. And uh, and when also at um, Vulture Festival, which is also in November. <laughs> also a good plug. Are we competing now? <laughs> no. no, complimentary. No, no, okay. Complimentary. Yeah, you, can, you can stay. Yes. You can stay for the whole week. Um, so the, uh, the you know, we we've always admired one another's uh, businesses. You know, we have pretty similar approaches to things. I talked about the focus on quality, but even structurally from a business model perspective. So that gave us a lot of opportunity to compare notes over the years and. As Pam said, the, the timing was just kind of right now. And um, I think it was right because both businesses were coming at it from a point of strength. We read a lot about consolidation in our industry. And Which hasn't happened that much. It, there's a lot of discussion about it less actually happening. Yeah, you've seen like some, I'd say, more what I'll call desperation kind of things happen. Um, you have companies that are folding or selling it like for next to nothing. That's right. You've Vice seen that. is going to buy refinery, it sounds like. That's still ongoing, it sounds like. Yeah, I, I, I've heard those rumors, too. But, um, They're not rumors. I'm reporting it. Oh, OK. There yeah. you go. Um, and uh, but, you know, and then and then I'd say on the on the on the mega corporation level, you obviously see the this the companies coming together to chase Netflix and yep. do the streaming stuff. So some at the very low end there's some at the very high end. And, you know, this is something different. This is some this is something that is about growth. This is something about opportunity. It's about creating something that 
doesn't really exist is we were talking about like whom who's the natural comparison to the company that we have now and the company that we're going to be building there we really honestly couldn't find one it wasn't just like oh it's just like that or we're striving to be this we you know we are our own company and you know we use the words modern i use the word modern media company because i think it describes where we have to go to get the future of media right can we talk about some of the mechanics of of the deal you said it's a merger but you're going to become a minority shareholder. I think the New York Times described it as a sale, but it's it's yeah. all stock, right? So you're not paying cash for the company. That's right. And and by the way, like I'll just say outright, I use the word merger, and the reason I use the word merger is because we're coming at it from a place of mutual respect. Um, we're coming at it from a place of empowerment. None of the editorial offerings will change whatsoever. The newsrooms will not be merged. The you know, it, they'll continue to operate independently. Of course, we'll look for opportunities to get more um, service our advertisers better by combining forces on the revenue side to produce better technology by looking for ways to work together there. But, but you know, it's a true merger in the cultural sense for sure that we come at it from a place of mutual respect. And and Pam, being president of the company and on our board of directors, is uh, you know makes that even more evident. But, so it's all stock deal. Just I'm going to be that that guy for a second because it's my job. Yes. Um, and then I saw again, and then I keep citing the New York Times here. They they said they quoted. They didn't quote you, but they cited you saying there, there won't be any cuts on the edit side, which leaves open the idea that there's going to be some kind of cuts on the on the back end and on sales and revenue. And that's I assume part of the rationale for the deals. You can take some costs out. You know, believe it or not, we're not we're not. First of all, we haven't closed yet, right? And we're, you know, we have we're subject to closing conditions, so we haven't planned out everything yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we look at it and when we think about it, we don't look at it in terms of cost cutting, or we don't look at it in terms of layoffs for sure. We look at it in terms of growth. Um, we we do expect that there will be efficiency, not even so much by cutting heads as by integrating. Uh, systems by leveraging the fact that we touch different audiences and making that a benefit for our advertisers. We we touch different advertising accounts. Um, uh, we at Vox Media don't have an online subscription product. Uh, New York Media does. We don't have as robust an online shopping product, and New York Media does. We don't have to build that stuff now. We don't have to learn how to do that well. Um, you know, we're going to benefit from that. Pam's going to be leading those businesses for us. And that's where the opportunity is coming from. And further on the growth side, um, you guys have uh, really highly developed, obviously, podcast business, um, entertainment business. And those are areas that we have started to work in. But your businesses there are much more mature than ours. I think we have a lot to learn. So you guys are going to do these all-hand meetings um, with, with your respective companies in, in the near future. And I'm sure you're going to say some version of this and, and that things aren't going to change dramatically. But if you buy a company or if you merge with a company, you don't leave it the same, right? Everything changes eventually. So what, what sort of changes should either the consumer expect or the employees expect? I think if you're a customer, hopefully you'll see change I, in the sense that um, you will, if you're an advertiser, for instance, you'll be able to have far greater reach. Uh, you'll be able to leverage the Vox Media advertising technology, or um, in in a kind of a one-stop shopping kind of way. Um, you'll be able to target uh, audiences based on their passion points, all with the comfort and understanding that you're doing it in 
premium environments, uh, environments where audiences are really engaged. Uh, you know that it, some things are changing in that it's going to be easier to do business together. But what's not changing is that you know that you can trust us. You know that you can come to us for high performance. Um, and you know, I'd say the same thing not only for the advertising business, but for our. Um, Chorus and Clay businesses, both companies are in the business of uh, licensing out. Like you pu you're publishing tech. Publishing tech. And, you know, for this audience, it's particularly relevant. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of talk about consolidation and M&A, but I think what really needs to happen is that companies need to focus on producing great content, great editorial. They have to focus on sales. They have to focus on things that drive their business. They probably don't have to focus on building their own publishing tech, uh, particularly because it's a very hard thing to do. And our companies have done it very well. And now we're going to be doing it together. So if you are um, a publisher and you want to have a best-in-class product suite and you want to save money um, and you want to enhance revenue, we'll be able to work with you on that. We'll be able to partner with you on that through Chorus and Clay. And uh, and it's going to accelerate our efforts there. So most of the changes that are happening are market-facing changes. They're not internal-facing changes. Well, I just add to that that one um, that example is really interesting because one of the cultural fits here that I think is strong is we're both coming from a place that's oriented toward collaboration and partnership, um, which is why I think integration, to the extent we're integrating teams, will be pretty natural. Um, as you said, we're licensing technology around the industry. We're both um, pretty focused on the industry around us and serving needs that are um, creating solutions that are meeting our own needs, but then might actually be meeting needs for others as well. So certainly around technology, we've worked with um, our affiliate e-commerce site, The Strategist, we license to partners as well, some of that content, and that helps um, a publisher may be interested in testing the waters in commerce um, to, you know, figure out what works for them. And that's, that's the affiliate link business, essentially. We Correct. talked with David about that. Mm -hmm. um, that's your editor who's staying on. Um, we talk, You can go back and look in the archives. We had a good conversation. You did a nice that. interview with him, yeah. And, and you guys said, you know, there isn't much overlap. There is. You, know, you can look at it and say, well, look, there's. You guys have a food site, Grub Street. Eater's a big uh, part of Vox Media. It seems like it'd be natural to combine those or do something. And you can see other places where there, there is similar products or similar ideas. There, you know, that we we have Polygon. There is uh, Vulture. They both cover culture in different ways, though. I mean, they're, yeah. they're two very distinct voices. They're two very distinct tones. They have their own distinct talent bases. And we celebrate that. I celebrate that. That creates opportunity for us. Um, and, you know, and, and that will continue to be the case. And to the degree that the editors and the staffs of those uh, editorial networks want to collaborate on something, that will be their decision. You're not going to, you know, our company, as you know from working here, our company has never been one to force synergy. Um, and uh, <laughs> We don't play that well with each other that, that often. <laughs> well, you know what it is? It, it's, it's about, like, it's about the audience. And um, it's about uh, being true to the, the vision and the tone of what you're creating. And, and that's why we've been successful. So that's not something that either company is looking to mess with. So maybe Matt Iglesias writes a story for, for New York Magazine. Maybe he doesn't, but that's not a, it's not a mandatory Correct. requirement. That is not at all um, contemplated, but it could be a happy opportunity. Uh, for New York Magazine, New York Media, our 
you know, we really view our business opportunity and relationship with um, our customers and our consumers as being about our specific editorial voice and sensibility. So our our brands are really specific in tone and I think quite complementary to the Vox Media portfolio, but not the same, even if they're talking about the same um, subject areas. We also, in our portfolio, I would say um, it may not be immediately apparent, but we talk about the same subject matter all the time. You know, the cut writes about politics, intelligence writes about politics, cut writes about culture, vulture writes about culture. We, we navigate that world um, really well, and all our brands and our voices kind of come to those subjects again with their specific um, lens. So Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, if you look, everything is, uh, Peter, we've worked together for a long time. We talk about technology. Everything is a technology story now, right? Everything is a politics story. There's politics in sports. There's fashion in sports. There's mm -hmm. technology in food. You know, it, so uh, you, you can't help but have overlap in your coverage, but the perspective that you take, as Pam was just saying, in the lens and the voice that you apply is what makes these properties unique, not necessarily whether they're writing about Game of Thrones or not. <laughs> <laughs> Probably every single one of our properties <laughs> collectively wrote I about Game of Thrones. I think I still have to write about Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> um, Zach, should we, take a, should we take a break? We're going to take a break so All we right. can have some advertising for this like great it. product. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You've heard it before. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. But it's more than just a tagline, because State Farm agents are small business owners themselves who live and work in your community. And if you're in the market for small business insurance, who better to work with than an agent who understands what it takes? State Farm agents can help you create a personalized insurance plan that fits your small business needs and budget. Talk to your local State Farm agent today about small business insurance. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Wow, that guy means business. Just an amazing player. No, not him, the sports photographer behind him. Uh, what? He has a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where he earns 5% annual percentage yield, so he's scoring big on and off the field. You might even say he's the MVB. MVB? The most valuable business. Making your money work harder. That's how you business differently. Intuit QuickBooks. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes are an APY. APY can change at any time. We're back here with my still boss and my also new boss, <laughs> Pam and Jim. And I'm, I'm, I don't know when I'm going to get tired of saying Jim and Pam and Pam and Jim, but it's, <laughs> it's going to go on for a while. Um, can we talk about just how the deal came together? We, we, you said you started, you've been talking for a while, you talked to code. I remember when you bought my company, Jim, that was like six months. It seemed to really drag on. Yeah. I remember there was a, like a three-day weekend before the deal closed, and that was like really hairy. There was like a big fight over a very small amount of money. <laughs> it was it was really informative to be on that side of the deal because you call up companies all the time. And you say, I hear there's a deal. You're buying so-and-so or you're raising money, and they, and they say, no, 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 there's no deal. And then half the time they're lying, and there's a deal, and they announce it the next day. And then half the time there really isn't a deal. I didn't realize how close – yeah, you can come to not I, having a deal. I think you've crystallized what every single deal is all about. I, I've been involved in several, and uh, and they all seem to they all seem to end the same way, which is uh, we're at the finish line, but we need a pushover. And uh, but this one came together quick, more quickly. And again, I think it's a testament to um, our our trust and our kind of knowing one another for a long time, but also knowing one another's companies for 
a long time and you know just kind of seeing and understanding like you've been in this business long enough you kind of know what's what and this was this was natural so it made things go faster than usual yeah I think we um as Jim said, we're really pretty familiar with each other's businesses already, and you know we catch up pretty frequently. So, um, a lot of this period of figuring out what the deal looked like was more confirmatory than a question. It was like, yeah, we have this idea of what. So you sketched this, this out in be. June, and that's kind of what you have today. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever think about like, let's bring in another publication and like really supersize this thing? Not yet. I mean, I, I do think over time there will be opportunities. You know, what's important is that not that we just like buy more stuff. Um, what's important is that we stay true to this um, quality approach that we both care about in this, uh, you know, building a quality company. And I use the word quality excessively because it applies to everything. It applies first and foremost to the work, the editorial work, the product work, the technology work, plus also to the finances and the business model, we obviously are um, in an industry that uh, is going through a lot of change, and there's uh, it's it's fragile in a lot of senses. Both, uh, you know, this this combined entity will be profitable. It will have strong growth characteristics, and we want to make sure that we continue to be a high growth, sustainably profitable company. And so that's an important filter. And then and then. Importantly and foundationally is a cultural filter, and you know, is it a place where people are talented people? Uh, you know, the business runs on the talent of people, and is it a place that they're going to be excited to come in and do their best work? And so, you know, whether it's a capability or whether it's another offering, um, you know, we'll keep an open mind. But but we're we're excited about organic growth, and we're excited about partnering with companies, whether it's via Course and Clay publishing platform, or whether it's through Concert or premium advertising marketplace. Um, Man, it is much harder to interrupt your boss on this podcast, I've got to say. <laughs> yeah, I'm but gonna I'm, I'm going gonna, gonna to do it. Um, <laughs> you said profitable. Uh, you guys have been losing money, Pam, right, for a while. And I saw in the Times again that said there's been an upturn. Um, yeah, we don't comment. You don't comment. but I'm, I, I, I will say that um, our financial performance this year has been strong. Things have gotten better. The, partly the paywall, is it? Uh, it's a mix, you know, um, a few years ago, I mean, really when I became CEO, we made a determination to build for the long term and invest in a, um, vision of a sustainable scaled premium media business. So that's what we've been doing. And, uh, diversification, revenue diversification has played a big role. Our revenue this year will be, um, 60% advertising, um, with very nice growth Down profile. From- in advertising, so it's down from about eighty-five percent a couple years ago. And and how has the the paywall project gone for you guys? What have you learned? It's 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 relatively new for you, right? Yeah, um, we launched our digital subscription product at the end of November last year. Um, of course, we've been in the subscription business yeah. in print for fifty years, so um, that that muscle and the confidence that our the work we're doing is worth paying for, and that there's an audience for that was very much there. Uh, it's going well. It's early days, right? We're still um, testing and learning and um, developing new capabilities on the tech and so product side. Every publisher is trying to figure out how to how to sell something online. Um, and the two main models seem to be either we're going to put everything that we used to have up behind a paywall and you can look at it for free for a couple of clicks and then we move on and you got to pay up. 
or we're going to try to find something else to sell you that we weren't producing already. Mm-hmm. Um, and you guys are doing the former model, right? Correct. Um, and Jim, you guys keep I keep reading and hearing that we're going to be experimenting with paywalls. I haven't seen one yet. Well, at a Vox yeah, property, I, I don't. I, we don't. I don't expect our existing Vox properties just to put up a paywall. Um, that's not our value proposition to our audience. That's not what they're used to. New York um, media has charged for products since their existence. Um, and so it's kind of, you know, as, as the New York Times, et cetera, like we have not. Uh, so we're coming from different places. Um, and having said that, we have enormous, passionate audiences that have indicated a willingness to pay for something of value, whether that's some sort of membership, whether that's some sort of premium tier. Um, and we are starting to experiment with it. Uh, Vox has a product called The Highlight that is uh, available on Apple News Plus yep. for a couple weeks um, You know, before it come, goes on to the Vox site. Um, so opportunities like that are ones that we're just starting to experiment with. This merger will accelerate those experiments because we have technology team know-how and in the case of New York Media they have paying customers and uh, so we can understand uh, what makes that work and probably accelerate those efforts. But you don't expect it shouldn't expect if I go to SB Nation at some point they'll say well you can read 10 free articles and then you got to pay us. That, I don't think that's going to be the winning model for our properties. It's not to say that we won't find ways to offer audiences something premium over and above what they're currently getting. But um, but I don't think just putting up a paywall is going to be our model. Back, back to the, the deal stuff. Um, Pam was telling me off mic that, that she had a hard time sleeping. Um, have you, you haven't gone through a deal like well, this Well, it's been before. busy. Yeah, you've been busy. <laughs> there's a lot. It turns out that there's a lot, too. What was the sticking um, point at the end? Uh, the no, so I'd say not really – yeah, there weren't so any. No, you know what the sticking points are is that uh, you know this is boring stuff, um, <laughs> at, but um, there are hundreds of pages of documents, and we have uh, a lot of different investors, and those investors have lawyers, and those lawyers have to read documents on the Vox side, and yeah. and the Vox side, and and you know, and they have to ask questions, and they're good questions, and I have to answer them, and our our great attorneys have to like work, and then they have it to talk the to Pam's people, great right? attorneys. No, they no, were the NBC ones who were causing were problems. Great. No, no, no. No one was causing problems. They're being responsible uh, stewards of the company, Peter. As they should be. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's just say it was kind of the quantity yeah. of um, everything that goes into something like this and, and making sure that we had um, gone far enough along in thinking about, okay, how, how are we going to do this as a practical matter? You guys are really good about it. Uh, New York Media is negotiating a union contract right now. Correct. You recognize them and you're negotiating the contract. Mm-hmm. And Jim, you guys signed your contract recently. That's right. Uh, it was like a year and a half to get there. And one of the premises that I kept hearing about from the union folks as they were organizing is we want a seat at the table so when things happen to the company, we can participate. Were they involved in this? No, no. Um, you know, not, nothing is changing for. Um, the unit, and um, you know, we're going to be talking about that today. But as I mentioned editorially, nothing changes um, from uh, you know any you know whether it's compensation or anything like that. Nothing changes, um, and so you know, it, as you work on a deal, like you have to keep the circle small. You never know if it's going to work out. You don't want to cause disruption or. To your oh, point, you, half the time it never happens, <laughs> right? And certainly, um, it would not be to anyone's benefit to have. Um, something 
out there before it was a real thing. I mean, one of the criticisms, one of the arguments against unionization you hear is, well, it makes it hard to make deals happen when you have a unionized workforce. Was that an issue? Wasn't an issue here. No. 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 Not at all. Um, no. We're, you know, and, and, you know, we're, we're pleased with, you know, I know Pam and um, the New York media team are in their negotiation process. As you said, we've completed ours. And um, we're excited to, to build a stronger team, uh, stronger culture here, stronger business here together. I know the union's committed to that. We're committed to that. We're, what if I just keep optimistic. talking about the union? Would that make you uncomfortable for a while? I, whatever you want to talk about. This is your podcast, Peter. <laughs> for, for the next couple minutes, I think it is, <laughs> then I might lose it. I think that you have always had a fascination with print, um, both as a reporter and as an employee. I know you've sort of kicked tires every time there's sort of a print property, or often when there's a print property on for sale. What, what, what about print is appealing to you? As a digital guy, you've been in digital yeah. all your life. Yeah, well, it's, you know, it's a great insight and, and a great Thank question, Peter. No, <laughs> no, one, no one has uh, asked me that one, and, uh, and I think it's, it's spot on. And what is, um, what is appealing is, particularly with magazine, you know, print encompasses other things, but with magazines, they come at it with a, with a point of view. And you know, the better the editor, the better the team, the stronger that point of view. And in digital, um, we have found that that point of view is as important, if not more, than it is in print. Um, we, not by accident, called our company Vox, uh, and it, it's meant to mean voice. And uh, and whether that's the voice of an SB Nation community leader, or whether that's the voice of a talented um, reviewer at The Verge, or whether that's a view, voice of a healthcare reporter at Vox, or I can go and rattle off. Um, the point is that you a come, media reporter at Recode. Oh yeah, 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 yeah him too. Um, it, it, you come at it with a a perspective. You come at it with something to say, something that is relevant and compelling. And the best magazine brands um, do that. And so that that's what we care about. And 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 some of them have been successful in creating a multi platform business. As I mentioned, um, New York media has been among the most successful at that. So that is also interesting to us. Yeah, but something about paper and ink you like. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I love, yeah, I mean, I do respect and love the, the holding a product. But, you know, listen, I probably read more stuff on the phone. But, uh, but thumbing through a print magazine is also a great experience. And importantly, it is uh, something that is, uh, you know, in the case of New York media, it's like an iconic <laughs> Uh, statement of uh, w their quality, and you know those covers drive the zeitgeist, and uh, and whether you consume in print or whether you consume on your phone, uh, you know they're just different ways of doing it. But having that print there adds a certain uh, gravitas to that particular product because it was born that way. You know, I I think going back and adding a print product to a digital thing would be probably silly um, but when you start out people don't try occasionally yeah but when you start out as uh, with, you know with your grounding in print it's it's a powerful thing yeah we consider um, our magazine the the tangible experience of our brand not the only one right like live events can act that way for a brand as well but um, I think that our audiences um, really connect to that thing that you can like touch and feel and um, have that sort of luxurious pleasure of sitting down and not being on your phone for a while and just um, steeping yourself in the experience of print. 
Yeah, and they still are iconic covers. One of the things I, I really enjoyed hearing David Haskell talk about was how much he thought about the cover, and not the way I used to think about magazine covers, like, will this sell on the newsstand, but, mm. like, how will this travel through Instagram and on the Internet and and, and be yeah be our brand, because uh, no one's actually yeah. buying it at the newsstand. I'm, I'm really proud of the way that our editorial team has um, continued in, in print covers and really just across everything they're doing to stay very focused on relevance and urgency. Okay. Am I still employed? You are employed, <laughs> um, and, and and happily so. And it, since I'm since I'm here, I want to take a moment to say I love these podcasts, Peter. I'm a media nerd. Uh, yeah, and you text me. Them. You text me. Yeah, I we listen. Have some opinions about some of the guests. I I, I I listen to nearly all of them, and I'm uh, really grateful for all your work in uh, a category that I am extraordinarily passionate about. So thank you, Recode Media. Okay, I was on the fence about whether it was a good idea to interview my boss. But now I think it was a good idea. As you heard, this is Recode Media. That's Jim Bankoff. That's Pat Wasserstein. We're going to have lots more content for you guys in the near future. So keep listening. Thanks to Jelani and Zach and Joel. Thanks, and, guys. And our advertisers who bring this free product to you. And thanks to you guys for listening. See you soon.